podcast listeners, and welcome to the July 4th, 2018 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Hong Kong is wet and damp this week, a combination that does not endear itself to many. While we schlep about in our damp shoes and perspire in our raincoats, we'll be listening to this week's podcast, a story from Trey who came all the way from over the border to tell a story in our April show. He's the driving force behind Shenzhen's stories, and here's how he describes it. Shenzhen Stories is a monthly live event and podcast just over the bay from Hong Kong. With a different theme each month, the stories in this international community foster intentional connection with people from all over the world that have found themselves in Shenzhen. It is our belief that everyone has a story to tell and our passion to give everyone the tools and the platform to tell it. You can contact Shenzhen Stories about live events or just say, hey, at shenzhenstories at gmail.com or by finding them on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, all at Shenzhen Stories. We love having a sibling show just over the border. Any show that gets more storytellers behind a microphone is a good one, but this one is spectacular. Head on over to have a listen. You can find a link to their show on our website, hongkongstories.com. Our thanks for listening this week goes out to our fabulous hometown audience, of course, but also to our listeners in Nuneaton in the UK, San Juan in the Philippines, and to listeners in Macau, just over the border in the other direction. Thanks to all our listeners for their support. Last Wednesday's show was a huge success with all our storytellers taking to stage and delighting the audience with their stories. The July 25th show is already in the planning stages. You can go to our website, hongkongstories.com, to find out how to get your story in front of a microphone. July's theme is Wild Things, and the show will be hosted by Kristen. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. Today we had only one story, but it is a good one. Trey told this story in front of a live audience at the Fringe Club in Hong Kong for a show in April 2018, which had the theme of Face the Music. Here is Trey. My father is a lot of things. He's an avid comic book nerd, still. He is a bad to decent golfer, a self-proclaimed comic, a deacon at our church, as well as a Sunday school teacher, and until recently, a captain in the police force of Sumter, South Carolina, where I grew up. To say that we had a few rules to follow in that house would be fair. One time I was cutting my grass, and I put a bandana on to keep the sweat out of my eyes, and my father ran out of the house and demanded I take it off to avoid gang affiliation. He had his reasons and his own unique way of viewing the world. And to his credit, I avoided gang affiliation to this day. (laughs) But he had these rules that I hated. And I didn't hate them because I thought I was a bad kid who wanted to break them. I hated them because I thought I was a good kid who didn't need them. Like, I was doing okay. I was blossoming as a contributor to society. I had a part-time job I was holding at a 
fast food chicken place. I was at church almost as much as he was. None of my other friends were gang affiliated either. I was a good kid, which is why it came as a shock to a few people, myself included, when I became the prime suspect in an arson investigation concerning a bathroom fire in my high school that spread and closed the school and caused a fair amount of damage. One person who was not surprised was Detective Brian Christmas. I know. That's a great detective name. But me and Brian Christmas got very close to each other in the course of that week because I would go to school and instead of going to class, be called down to the office and go into a room I didn't know our school had, actually, and sit down with Brian Christmas, Detective Brian Christmas, and the principal and be grilled about the past couple of days of my life. I don't know if you've ever been the subject of a police investigation, uh, or if you were in the 10th grade when that happened to you, but the social ramifications alone are devastating. I would get grilled by Brian Christmas day in and day out. And it's an intense scenario, but one question stands out to me above everything else, and that question was, did you do it? And I know, I know that you're thinking, Trey, that sounds like a very standard question for a police investigation, and you would be right. First question, top of the list, did you do it? Because we can get this out of the way very quickly. But the reason it stands out to me is that it came from my dad. And it came from my dad over and over and over and over again, no matter how many times I said, I didn't do this. I didn't set my school on fire. And it shattered me because the one guy I thought would and should have my back didn't. And he had power and he had sway in the police department and he didn't use it. He didn't tell Detective Brian Christmas to give me a break. And so a ritual sort of occurred that week where I'd get home from school, I'd be asked if I did it, I would say no, then I'd be asked again, then I'd scream no, and then we'd scream at each other and then there'd be some tears and then a door would slam. And that became our, our little ritual <laughs> that week. Um, but on the fourth day, the fourth day was different. On the fourth day, my dad put me in his car and we drove to the police station and he punched in the code to the sliding doors to the building and we walked in. We walked down the hall, past his office, past his coworkers, and towards a small room in the back of the station where I would get hooked up to a polygraph machine to take a lie detector test. And I thought, this is great, because now I can show him, I can vindicate myself, science will help me, and this will all be behind us. I can go back to being trusted by my dad. Because, frankly, I was tired of having to scream at him, no, I didn't do it. I was tired of not being heard by him, because all I wanted to do was be heard over Brian Christmas, over the details of the past couple of days that my friends, friends <laughs> said they knew about me. I wanted to be heard, and I wanted my voice to matter more to my dad than it seemed like it did. So instead of fighting, my dad looked at me and said, is your last chance. You can tell me now, and I can help you. You tell me right now, I can help you out of this. If you would take this test, ain't nothing I can do. 
Now, he doesn't talk like that. I just do that voice when I imitate him. <laughs> I think he's easier to villainize that way. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure why I do it, but instead of coming back at him with a, no, I didn't, and then we'd scream, and then there'd be tears, and then a door would slam, I remained quiet. And I sat down in the chair, and Detective Brian Christmas was there, and he had a little book, and he began reading from his book the names of everyone he'd sent to jail based on the results from that very polygraph machine. And I let him read it because I had watched Law and & Order, and I know that lie detector tests are inadmissible in a court of law. Like, you can't use them. <laughs> but while he's reading those names, we'll leave him to that for a second, and I'd like to make an addendum to a previous comment that I made. You see, I was a good kid, but I was a good kid who had a year previously to the fire incident stolen his dad's car when he was 14 and gone on a joyride, smashed a few mailboxes, bent a rearview mirror and made a bunch of pedestrians scream and destroyed a fence all while I was supposed to be watching my little sister. Hi, Anna. She's right there. <laughs> and it felt awesome. <laughs> I felt like I wanted to go and have a scotch with Batman and Steve McQueen. That's what I thought I wanted to do because I'd never had scotch because I was a good kid. <laughs> but that's not what happened because when your father is the captain of police in Sumter, South Carolina and very active in the church in a small community, the entire city becomes his confidential informant. And I was grounded before I got home. This is before cell phones, so the feat alone is amazing. So back to Brian Christmas, as he's reading the names, and I'm wondering, maybe my dad's thinking about the car right now. Maybe that's why he doesn't believe me. Oh, maybe my actions matter. The test begins. Is your name Trey Hobbs? Yes. Do you attend Sumter High School? Yes. Were you on the campus of Sumter High School on the day in question? Yes. Were you skipping class on the day in question? Yes. Do you, were you wearing a red hoodie on the day in question? I own a red hoodie? Yes or no answers, please. Yes, I was wearing a red hoodie. Is this you in the security footage walking down the hall minutes before the fire was reported to have started? It's grainy, the video's very grainy, but yes, that's me. Did you set the school on fire? And I answered him truthfully. No, I didn't. And I went home that day and had the same fight with my dad because when the results came back from that polygraph test, they were inconclusive. So I got asked, did you do it? I said, no. I got asked, did you do it? I screamed, no. We screamed, then we cried, and then a door slammed. And then the next day, I sort of expected to go to school and get a note from the principal's office that said, could you send Trey down, please? Um, he's going to be arrested. But that didn't happen. Nothing happened. I never heard from Detective Brian Christmas ever again. I never went home and got asked, did I do it? Said no, screamed, cried, and slammed a door. In that context, anyways. 
ever again. And through all of this, I am struck with a lesson that my dad, I don't think, meant to teach me. Because when you go on a joyride in a car that's not yours, and you're a kid, you want to roll those windows down. You want to blare that music. But when you do that, everyone else has to roll their windows up. And when you're screaming, you're not listening. And when your music is blaring, you're not listening. It's why we tell stories, because we want to be heard and it's because we want to be listened to. And I don't know whoever got picked up for this arson, and I don't know where he is now, but I'm sure he was just a good kid who wanted to be heard. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this story brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. If you were just a good kid who wants to be heard, or a bad kid, or really any kind in between, you can have a chance to tell your story in the July show, which has the theme of wild things. You can find our pitch workshops on Meetup, through Facebook, or in hongkongstories.com. This show will be performed live on July 25th at the Fringe Club. Tickets are available soon. Check the website for details through hongkongstories.com. Thanks goes out to the unsung hero of this podcast, to Yuri, who curated and directed our April 2018 show. We appreciate all your work. The music on this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell. May your week be filled with large, dry overhangs, a friendly bus driver, and the love of a good cat. 